You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about surviving and thriving in the body center. So happy that we are making that completion on our heart, our thinking, or head and body center now. It is so wonderful to be able to talk not only about feelings and thoughts, but how we can integrate and incorporate our instincts into health, as well as learn how to manage our instincts together in our relationships and on our own. So thankful for this episode time together. And I also want to say, I hope you have an excellent Martin Luther King Day. It's a huge week for our country. I know we're all praying. Thanks for sharing your prayers over Instagram that you were definitely concerned and thinking about just everybody in the spectrum as far as working together to make sure that we are safe, that we are doing what's right and loving well. And that covers all the triads too, right? Safety and doing what's right and loving others well. I wanted to share a great Martin Luther King Jr. quote that I was really touched by this week when I thought about what's happening in our country and how sometimes it isn't the right time to speak, but sometimes it really is. And here's a quote that MLK gave us that helps us to understand when it is the right time We have to have that humble perspective so that we don't go over and above what we're really needing to say. So he says, we must speak with all the humility that is appropriate to our limited vision, but we must speak. I thought it was great because of that limited vision piece, especially that nobody has that view of all sides, that prism that we all desire We all come in, even the four Gospels come in with different viewpoints, vantage points, action versus let's talk about facts, let's talk about heart, let's talk about love with John. And this is exactly what we need to do. There's an important justice piece and there's an important grace piece. And we each have our part to play and they're all different pieces. So I hope you'll play your part well in bringing love and moral justice and social justice as we work together. And I hope you'll be praying with me this week for a good week for everybody as we transition. So I also want to say we have some great times coming up on this podcast. As I've been sharing, Truity's coming very soon and I'm getting ready for that podcast. It happens to be timing up beautifully as I study psychology and assessments with my younger daughter. And we are just having fun getting into the psychometric testing and reliability and validity. So I'm so curious to talk with Trudy about the way they're studying the Enneagram because guess what? They have already had over 1 million people take the Enneagram test. They've had more users than any other test in the last 30 days. So it's so exciting. We get to see some of these results very soon in just a couple weeks. And then we're also going to be having on authors, Jackie Brewster and Eve Annunziato are talking about their Hearing God Speak Enneagram devotional soon too. That's going to be launching right before Valentine's Day. So what a better way than to get in tune with God during that Valentine's time when it can be very hallmarky and and for good reason too. But we're going to be helping you guys to just shift into understanding more about your type, understanding more about how you can balance things out and just be as healthy as you can so that you can do your best in your life. So super thankful. And let's get into talking a little bit about what's going on 
right now with our body centers. So right now in the exact cultural context we're in, we are all dealing with some body center stuff. Some of us are dealing with extra sloth and we're just in our nine zone. Some of us are making a lot of sourdough in that zone. And I know I've totally failed. We've had so many different batches of sourdough and I had no idea the rest of the world was doing sourdoughs because of the yeast shortage. Um, But we were doing this for our kitchen chemistry class this year and we just had failed batch after failed batch. So I don't know if any of you have had more success, uh, but we haven't. (laughs) We named them and everything and we kept them and we tried to refrigerate some, leave others out. We did have a couple decent batches that were delicious with the crust, but just you could tell it was like, we need to stop before we do something wrong. So we're all in our body centers and just trying to figure out, wow, how do we slow down? We're trying to find our flow We're trying to have this sacred space to create art and to be innovative because we are slower in our bodies than usual. We've put on weight as a culture. We've really tried to just live in that patience. And that's the word that comes to me when I think about what lessons we're learning in 2020 and 2021. It's several. You know, I told you my word was love, but But patience is another important lesson we're all trying to learn because we want to be like God in the sense that we are, of course, that we take that Sabbath rest, but also that we say, okay, this time I'll probably never get it back. What can I do in this sacred zone of restfulness? Uh, Should I stay busy the whole time? Should I have routines and lists going 100% of the time? Maybe some of you need that. But some of you need to be reminded right now that your bodies are still or more still, that just being is a part of this season of life. So don't forget as we're coming into that zone of getting our vaccines, some of us, I know my husband was able to get his last week. You've got to realize things are going to be picking back up in the next several months to year. So what kind of creating and focusing and finding your flow do you want to do or can you do while you're still in this zone where you have just a bit more time, a bit fewer social commitments and a bit more time to just be in your body? So let's start there with that contemplation and move into talking a little bit about those who are the self-forgetting triad, the body triad, the instinctual triad. Sometimes they're called the gut triad the eights, nines, and ones on the Enneagram, this is a group who has had to at different times in their lives perhaps shut their heart down so that they could be strong. It's a very strong group. If we think about who has different gifts amongst the Enneagrammers, I think a lot of us think of eights, nines, and ones as the strongest of the group at large. And some of you other types are probably like, no, me, me, or I go to eight or I go to nine, et cetera. But, but I want you to just at least get a sense for if you spend a lot of time in this region, you've probably had to shut your heart down in different ways in order to survive. And you probably do think of the world sometimes in a right and wrong, even more than some of the rest of us who may think of it as safe versus unsafe or love versus hate. And you probably really are logical and able to discern truth a lot of the time and read people's instincts very quickly. And in that sense, read a room. Maybe you miss the emotions or the heart sometimes, but a lot of the times you can feel people's instincts like you feel your own instincts. So you can be charged up about 
something quickly. And I know my husband was saying the other day that sometimes when he's confronted, it's hard to not just jump in because he's a one in the instinct triad. And he even said it this morning at breakfast to my four daughter and I who were up with him. And he's like, I'm just thankful that when I go into work that I remember what I've learned about me being an Enneagram one. So I just don't jump in. So a lot of the times, whether you're jumping back like a nine or jumping in like the eight or the one, and we'll go over these types a little bit more in depth, but you guys are just feeling everything with those five senses. So when you're picking up on vibes and other people's instincts, sometimes your sense of right and wrong comes out and that justice wants to get out and wants to be shared. And so our big tip for those of us who are in our bodies is going to be balance, is going to be understanding that yes, we can make all the sourdough this year and we can have our creative experiences, we could perhaps get some rest, but we have to balance that with doing what's right and putting that foot forward like our body people also help us to do. And so we can do both of those things really well. I think that's really going to be important. Analogy that's really helpful for those in the body triad is volcanoes. And you might have heard this from Dr. Tom LaHue or others, but it's a really helpful analogy that they are all different types of volcanoes, the eight being most like the geyser who spills over with anger at all times and you can see it. And it's not quite as tempestuous. It's just there. And once it's out, it's out. And then you also have the one who's got the volcanic lava just dripping out the sides at all times like a live volcano. And you can see it, but and it's beautiful, but you don't always get so close. And then you have the nine who is the volcano that is like Mount Vesuvius where you don't see it for a while. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's shattering everything in its path. So you have to be careful if you're a body type or you know a body type so that you can understand that this is a really important thing to know that they deal with anger and that we want them to be able to deal with anger. That's why analogies always fall short because we can laugh and say, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But it's like, no, we actually need anger. And and nobody is perfect with our anger, whatever type you are or whatever relationship you have to the body types. But I do want you to understand that it is important to see the anger, to acknowledge it and to work through it. So we're going to continue talking about body types, but I thought that was a really good analogy. Okay, you know what? This is how sometimes my anger appears to others and I want to modify that so that it's more palatable. I want to talk a little bit more about the etiology of the body types. They're in these places with their gut and their anger so much that when they come home to themselves and experience their emotions, they can really do well to do that first. And yes, we can say go to thought, but I think it's often an easier route for body types to go to heart because I know that's true for eights who are very close to their hearts. I know that's true for the ones who also have their experience in their heart so often at their four space. And I know that the eights go to two so easily and it's so close to them. And I also know that the nines, even though they may at times check out because they're self-forgetting, they have that ability to merge with others and to feel the emotions of others. So they each have this ability to, yes, they've shut the heart down to a point their own, 
but to come home to themselves may mean even like Leslie Hirschberger says, putting their hand on their heart and giving themselves some permission to go there again. So you can put your hand on your heart metaphorically or actually, but giving grace and gentleness back to yourself as a body type is a really good place to begin your work. Because if you've been in the body center or you are just a body center person, it's easy to stay there at that instinctual level. And it's an intentional act to say, my heart is here. Yes, it's been hurt in the past. Yes, I've had to shut it down. But right now, I'll know when to put it back. I'll know when, and it's important to steward my heart so that I'm not overly instinctual. So sometimes it helps to start there. It can also help to, to allow your own body center to work in your favor too. So for instance, today I went on a short walk in the woods and I was able to stop and just think about the five senses. Now, you know my route is going to be thinking about them, but I had to stop to remind myself with thinking and then I was able to experience them. And you guys might go right to experience. And the woods are a great place because as much as you guys do have a sense for what's right and wrong and a lot of you like order and detail those with one wings or those who are just extremely diligent about knowing that there is a rightness to what's orderly, you guys really might head right on in to that center of, wow, I'm experiencing the five senses and just... I was loving it, just seeing the beautiful tree in front of me that I don't usually look at and hearing the birds, hearing the gentle winds, feeling them on my face, feeling the sun, feeling, and I know some of you are like, it's 40 below. So it might not be outdoors, but you get my point. I was smelling the air and it was great. I, I actually had a taste in my mouth from a delightful banana bread my daughter had made and I was like oh my gosh like as much as I'm busy right now and I'm thinking and I'm processing this brings me back to what is and that is important for a body type to use their strength to keep them not just in a heavy right and wrong judging place but just a place of experiencing wow I'm just here I'm not self-forgetting I'm enjoying. There's good things already, even though I'm going to do more good things. There's already good here. This is a good starting place as well. So whether you rush to your heart and you try to be soft with people or whether you take some time in nature first, that's a couple of good places for body types to start. And we'll get into some particulars with each type. But one more in general is that body types can also really allow, since they have a lot of anger that gets either stored or unleashed quickly, they really can do well to journal and they can journal a lot of their thoughts out. Some people say a practice is to rip it up. Others say delete it right away. Others even burn it. And again, I like how Leslie Hirschberger says, allow your anger to metabolize with that burning page. So you might just take a quick, obviously childproof everything, but um, you know, take a quick piece of paper and just light the match to it and say, okay, that's my morning practice. After I eat my cereal, I journal out a page and then I burn it and I move on with my day. And I watch that anger really go somewhere. It doesn't just completely get deleted, but it metabolizes, I process it, and now I'm in my body a little bit more. And finding who you're safe with to process things too helps because sometimes the journal isn't enough and you really want people to be with you on your team. And so you need to say to yourself actively, who are my people that are fine with me sharing my frustrations? Who have I not burnt out already? Who have I not 
gotten too big or judgmental with that right now they're not wounded because sometimes you do wound people and you have to realize maybe it's their turn to share and you've done a few days of sharing. That's probably not as typical for our ones and our nines, but whatever your instinctual variant, if you've gotten really big and heavy with it, like ones and nines can do occasionally and eights can do more frequently, then it is okay to say, you know, usually I go to my grandmother or my spouse, but you know what? They've had a lot going on lately. So I'm going to see if my best friend's available. And I know that you don't have that many people because you're not trying to be popular all the time. If you're a one, eight or nine, usually that's not usually your focus, but there are usually a few people. And I do want you to work on finding a few people if you don't have that. Heading into the exact type by types, let's start with ones. They are known for, of course, being some of the best examples of people who can go to the woods and say, oh my gosh, it's not orderly here, but it's good and it's okay. So that's a good practice for you regularly for a very different reason than I go. So I like that we need to remind you guys that nature is important and taking your quarterly trips because you're so busy, a lot of the time you're gonna make excuses about going daily. So this is why the yearly, quarterly, or weekend trips are very important to one because then you have more chance and more enthusiasm about going out and feeling good about it. And of course, we all know the ideals, but let's talk about what's practical for ones and if you can hit your ideals better yet. I also want to remind ones that because you process so big with these instincts, it's important that you find yourself going to places where you can allow the feelings to take some time to decompress. What I mean by that is ask your spouse for some space so that you can feel your feelings. Don't ask for too much. Ask for 10 minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Ones can be tempted to go for days without really talking on something because their anger is so big. But what's really helpful is when the spouse lets the one have their last word and then says, I'm going to give you some space because I know you need it. I know that's important to you to finish processing things. And that will allow the one to sit with what they said, especially if it was something harsh. Uh, But it will allow them to come out of that self-judgment if they're intentional about doing their work. And they're able to just say to themselves, I see my instinct going right into self-criticizing. I see also, though, that I have a heart that's been hurt for a number of days or weeks or years even. And I also see that my healthy thinking isn't in place and perhaps I'm going to my envy zone of four. So they have to have some time to feel safe to even process feelings because as we remember about our ones, they didn't often have that. So give that to your one if you're a spouse of a one and if you are the one, give yourself some time because you know, you think your spouse knows that they're piling on and adding to your stress, but they probably don't know that. And your family probably doesn't know that. And it's your job to say, hey, I need some time. I have some really big anger going on. I'm really resentful right now. It's not really on you. I just have to process this. I love you. That term of endearment means a lot. But it's also helpful when your spouse can stimulate fun. So that's a great point for those who love ones is to know that they love to be stimulated to fun. It doesn't always come naturally for them. But when you can be there and playful and don't ride into the storm with them every time, they can say, oh, thank God you just helped me to take in some positive feedback and you're not trying to fix me and you're using humor. And those are all great things with a one. And you can even say it directly because they are part of that logical 
practical triad here. Just say, you know what? We've been heavy handed lately. We've been serious. We need some humor and let them know where you're going and take them on the journey with you so that they can feel permission. And yes, they do love sometimes a little bit of self-deprecation there. If, if you've got something that you can be humble about, humility is a beautiful virtue without demoralizing yourselves. You can throw that in too, but try to just help them to enjoy their sillier side when you finally have some time together and do your work too. understand that if you're with a one, they love to see the effort. They love to know that you're not uh, just having fun all day when they're not there. And you might think that's so easy. They should know that, but let's not should. Let's try to go with the whole let's not should unless it's something extremely important. And let's assume that our ones do need to be reminded sometimes that we are doing things as well in the world because that might not come naturally for them. And they might even have a history where it wasn't natural. So they just need to be reminded. Yeah, in your formative years, people weren't really stepping up to the plate, but I am. You picked well on a spouse. You have a great family. We're all on your team and we want to have some fun with you. That's a great place for you to go with your one and to create that space, to push them in a gentle way to carve out that space. As you know, I do that with my spouse sometimes, but I watch. I try to see where he's at so that I don't take him away from his important feelings work. We can't just stay in fun and just stay in instinct. We have to allow the feelings to hit and give our ones permission to feel, which I've been checked on a few times. So I have to now do the same thing with you to say, this is probably a lot of feelings you have. I'm going to let you process them. And by saying, I'm going to let you process your feelings, that might even be the cue for your one to know they're allowed to process feelings. Okay, so let's move on to nines. And what nines do is they focus on the outside and not much awareness of personal agenda. Uh, They merge at the expense of their own deeper sense of being and desires. And of course, you know, they want to create comfort and love and to be there for others, but sometimes they're not telling you what they really want and feel. And so you do have to ask intentionally several times with your nine and try not to just say, I get sometimes people saying, how can I get my nine to do what I want? You can't. Nines are stubborn, so they don't want to do what they don't want to do. But what you can try to do is say, if there's something that they might want to do, let me check in with them about that. Or if I think there's an important need in the family, let me make my case because they are a logical type and they'll probably understand that even if they don't feel like doing it. And then you can give them some space to say, hey, you don't feel like doing this. It's pretty important. I see you going stubborn. What am I missing here? And let them talk, live in that presence and live in that pause. Presence is so important for our nines. I heard from a nine this week in the DM saying when they found out they were a nine, they just cried and cried and cried. And for those who don't know what presence means, it means basically being comfortable physically and emotionally right where you are. And for some of us like me as a seven, some of us need to do self-soothing to just be there, to just sit with people. You might have to have that stress ball or you might have to be moving or tapping your feet, which I know drives some people crazy. So find things that don't drive your family crazy, but be there with your person. And whether it means that you guys have to talk together about that or you guys are stroking each other's arms or softly, um, you know, just fidgeting in some way. Um, This is something people, yes, you can do OT work. You can get medication, but this is humanity, guys. We're not perfect. So give some space for your spouse to sit with you. I don't think your nine's going to mind that too much. Your nine is just shocked that you're even there, to be honest. So to be there, to be just 
in the space to share your thoughts, feeling values and po- feelings and potential and, and values together to sit with their words, to make space for them, it is going to be awkward at first. Like I've told you before, when you start doing your work, your spouse feels a little bit annoyed. Like, why are you changing and holier than thou all of a sudden? So don't come across as better than just try to be and just try to say, I'm just growing. Oh my goodness. I'm taking a while here, but I'm growing so that they, they feel like we're on the journey together and it's not you one-upping them. So help them not to erase themselves and show them you care by asking and paying very close attention with them because nines don't do this with themselves and others don't do it with them either. So I just want you to understand when they passively resist and they're holding ground with you on the things that they don't want to do, unless you do this work of really leaning into them, it probably won't happen. And I've had spouses say before, why does my nine spouse say they'll do something, uh, but then they don't. And it's because they didn't truly do a collab with you. They were just saying that because they understood you. They knew that you wanted that and they understood your feelings about that, but they just did not share that. So it was hard for them to feel like they'd even be heard if they resisted. So they just didn't say anything. So make sure you find your special place to share your love and your light and your truth. If you are a nine, I know we did a really cool just impromptu devotional today as a mom and kids. And each of us took some time to think about how we have the Imago Day in us and how can we be creative like God wants us to. And we have that imprint. So how can we share? And we took some time to just think and pray and focus. And each of us, each of the kids shared what they would want to do. And my my little boy who's a six slash seven said he knows he's energized and he wants to be kind and he wants to hold peace. And my daughter who's a four said, I really want to use my gift of piano and dance to, to share my creativity. And I want to make sure I hone those gifts and clean and get things sounding as well as they can so that I can share that hope with others. And my nine said, and I love this about her, that she wanted to share her Bible studies and she does a lot of really cool stories on her Instagram and she is just such a minister, which I never would have known. It's so fun to see your kids healthily get onto social media and you have to tweak things and work with them to make sure it stays as healthy as possible, but also while you're doing the same. But what's so beautiful is a lot of the time I go to her stories when I need encouragement and I'm like, wow, again and again and again, she nailed it. And I was like, I'm so excited because this is a way that others can hear from you as a nine. So be creative in your nineness if that's you to find your place to share your creativity with the world and don't for one minute think that the logos or the word the spoken word doesn't have power or the word that's read if that's your gift okay so eight has a huge heart and you know this because you've heard this podcast before but what i want you to understand is as your eight grows healthier you need to be more gentle they don't always know the impact they have on others. They're uncomplicated. They're just sharing their hurts. They're sharing their instincts. And they don't always empathize with you out loud. So you might think, oh, they're fine. They can handle anything that I throw at them. But that's not true because they're logical. So maybe they don't say, I feel you and, oh, my heart aches with you. But they do feel it still. They're very, very big heart people and they ache and they're sensitive and they remember words and they're logical enough to say, okay, they told me that they didn't hear from me in this way. 
if you're in a relationship with them, they're going to be working on that. They're going to be thoughtfully incorporating balance to say, how can I be a better steward of my marriage, of my family? And they're going to want to work on it, but you might not hear it out loud. So some of all of marriage is taking it on faith that your spouse is doing the work that you're hoping they're doing. And with eights, you can rest assured in most cases that they are. So be sensitive with them and don't just throw all the criticisms at them either. But understand that there is an amount of respect we need to give to people who stand up and deal with conflict that eights in a way show us that conflict's an important part of relationship. And we also have to understand that we need to make space for them to feel their big feelings. Just like I said about the ones and the nines in different ways, make sure that you are direct with them to say, you know, you have a lot going on. I'm here. I'm glad you're sharing with me, but yes, I'll need some time to process, but try not to add in what you want to process with your eight right then when they're sharing because they're so logically wired. They'll be there for you when you share your stuff, but when they're in the middle of sharing, it's really helpful to not share everything you have with your eight so that they can just let it out. You know, that's where they're at. You're probably not going to have as easy of access to thinking and to heart. You may need to say sometimes, can you back up? Can you back off? Can you be a little softer? And that will help them to maintain their groundedness and head back to their five senses. And you might even have a trigger word that you say, can you just, you know, pineapple here because this is in my face and this is too much. And whatever your word is, make sure that you guys both know it, of course, or they're going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm logical. What are you talking about? But but give your eight some understanding that you can sit with them and you don't have to run from feelings. Again, holding presence. And you don't have to push them and say, be vulnerable, but make a, an environment with them that is vulnerable. And and that's done by saying, I'm here. I hear you. I love you. I stand with you. I see how you've stood up for me and cared for me in my hardest moments. And I want to do that for you. And when it conflicts with you, I want to work something out that we can both agree on and give them time. Because when you tell an eight, I don't agree with you and I want to do something different. Sometimes that instinctual response shows up first and they need just a bit of time with it. And they don't always know that. So it's okay as a spouse to say, just please take some time with this. Please understand that I'm in a different place than you on this one issue so that we can come back to it and we can look at it together when we're a little more calm. And they may say, I'm calm and I can check myself right now. And if they can't, if you can hang in, then stay. But if they can't, you'll need to set your boundaries there so that your eight understands that you can't just bowl over somebody when they're not available. When they say, hey, I'm flooded too, or I'm just flooded, I can't process with you. Be strong with your eight so they know that. And then eights be strong enough to say, and I know you are when you really think about it logically, eights, you guys go to your five space and you're like, I am fine. I am fine on my own. I am strong and I can back off when I need to. So those are just some important tips for you guys dealing with all three of these types here. Lastly, I'll just remind you guys that sometimes the eight really values power and strong people and wants to test the strength of the other. They feel comfortable and in control. The one wants the environment more flawless and to control the environment more. And the nine will adapt to the environment more so that others feel more comfortable. But I also want you to remember, these are not always you at your best. You guys have to say, okay, that's good. There's something good about all this. But what is the flip side of this 
that I don't have ultimate control or that others shouldn't have ultimate control, that there should be a balance and that I should do my inner child work. These are the good shoulds so that you guys can really balance out and say, okay, I need some space to process my feelings. I need to go into my five senses. I need to, a lot of the time, work out as we know with body types, that's often the way. Um, So just please take note of these important moves you guys can make. And I really hope that you have such a wonderful week And I'll be praying with you. And I'm super excited about our future episodes together. So hang in with me for those. And you can visit enneagramandmarriage.com so that you can make sure you're on our weekly news and getting all these tips if you happen to miss the podcast. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.